It's not getting it's it, not getting it. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Law Party Podcast. I am your host, Rio, and uh, this week I've got uh, sitting around a table drinking and smoking with me, uh, Dave Tiemann. Uh He is a repeat offender on the podcast. Of course, you know he is an entrepreneur extraordinaire and also uh, a fine art dealer. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chris O'Connor, fresh back from his... Uh, exhausting tour of the Mayo Clinic. Uh, I'm going to ask him some questions about that and embarrass him <laughs> later in the podcast. <laughs> he is the co-owner of Liquid Nine, and uh, we've got Lane Bolin, a wealth manager. Uh, he's sitting with us today. Uh, he is also a member of, um, if you remember from earlier editions of the podcast. Um, a lot of my friends, we all belong to a cigar club. Uh, Lane is also a member. Uh, and uh, like I said, he is a wealth manager. He, uh, I'm not 100% sure why he's hanging out with me. I have no wealth to manage, but that's okay. Uh, and then there is. The <laughs> and then there is Ben Roberts, uh, bartender extraordinaire, and uh, actually, currently, uh, the. You want to just say weekend bartender, or you? Uh, I'm, I'm full time now. Are uh, the full time bartender at the cigar at the cigar club that we belong to, the Pendergast Club, and of course, as always, the anonymous female because she doesn't want you to know her name. Say hello, anonymous female. Hello. <laughs> okay. So last week um, we. We, we hit a lot of topics, and before I get into the recap, I guess I should get right into uh, the first couple of questions that uh, we ask every week on the Law Party Podcast, and this time, I'm uh, going to direct that to two people, because uh, we've got a bartender in the house, and somebody, Lane Bowler, brought alcohol for the group. Probably a horrible idea, <laughs> but... What are we drinking, Lane? It's just uh, Teeling whiskey. It's a uh, uh, an Irish whiskey that's aged a little bit longer than your 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 average, and uh, unlike Jameson, it's cold filtered, so it's kind of like the opposite of being pasteurized, and it's uh, aged in rum barrels, so it's got an extra smooth. Uh, sweet it is. It flavor. is. It is smooth. It's I will. I will say. And it's also forty or ninety proof. That's um, 92 proof, so <laughs> careful. <laughs> okay. I'm about to say, as the anonymous female pretends to take a swig because she's not going to touch it, it's brown. We, we encourage that behavior. Uh, hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on, on that, that note. note. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Oh, there we go. So, who spilt? Uh, we got a party call already? Uh, That's my fault. <laughs> he drank uh, on the way over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the next question that we have to ask is, uh, so, what are we smoking? Uh, we'll start with Dave because he was just about to put the cigar up to his mouth. Yeah, I'm smoking a Habano. And I think that's a, about a two-year-old aged cigar that's just as mild and sweet as it can be. Not sweet in the sense that it's doesn't have that sugary taste, but it's very, very easy to draw. It's nice. Very dark, though. It's dark wrapped. Nice. So, very, very happy with it. Ben, it looks like he is not smoking today. I'm not. Uh, Unfortunately. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I say, uh, that sounds like questions we shouldn't ask. Mm. <laughs> we don't want to get you in trouble. No. Uh, Lane. Yeah. What are you for? Yeah, this is a Crown Achievement by uh, Outlaw Cigars here in town. It's uh, a loose leaf blend for a this Savinelli Briarwood pipe that uh, it, it, it's very strong, almost harsh, and it very neatly balances the whiskey we're drinking. All right. All right. If he didn't mention it, I was actually going to say Lang does smoke cigars, but he is chiefly a pipe smoker. And he looks so distinguished. <laughs> Wouldn't we all agree? A true gentleman. <laughs> uh, Chris, mm, what are we smoking? Uh, I'm 
doing a repeat of last week's Romeo y Julieta, a small batch F25, which I really enjoy. And uh, I think it is one hell of a delicious cigar. Sounds delicious. Uh, this week I'm going to have an Arturo Fuente uh, with a, the Inejo wrapper, which is uh, a nice sun-grown leaf, uh, deeper, richer, but not uh, full Maduro. And so um, it's kind of a nice in-between. Um, when you cut it, um, when you cut the end of smoke, you can definitely see the difference between the dark outer leaf and the, uh, and the inner leaf. So it's... It's like I say, it's it's a, it's rich and flavorful, but it's still a pretty easy smoke. Like most Fuentes are pretty easy smokes. So, our sponsor <laughs> this week, and actually last week as well, uh, the Pendergast Club itself, uh, for letting us come up on a night that we are closed and enjoy these uh, these fine cigars and smooth tasting whiskey. For those that don't know where the Pendergast room, that's uh, it's a hidden apartment above the uh, Majestic Steakhouse on 10th and Broadway. Or, I'm sorry, Broadway. Yeah, 10th and Broadway. Right. Yeah, 10th and yeah. Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. It's uh, it's actually kind of a neat room. Uh, and, and, and for that, I actually defer to Ben because mm -hmm. you work in the room. So mm -hmm. tell us about the room. So the room, there's uh, essentially three rooms. There's a main room that has a fully stocked bar with a lot of amazing uh, scotch and whiskey fine leather chairs, old wood, and a lot of really neat cigar and alcohol paraphernalia around. And then two satellite rooms as well. Uh, a long time ago, uh, Pendergast used to hang out up here and hold you know, a lot of business meetings in the main room. And uh, I don't know if this is necessarily Probably true. Probably explain who Pendergast is. Yeah, Tom yeah. Pendergast, boss Tom, who ran politics and. It Kansas would be City. shorter for you to Google it. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah. That's it. Is it true he kept a mistress up here? Both rooms. I Allegedly. So the two satellite rooms have. He cannot defend himself, yeah. Lane. <laughs> My uncle dates one of his illegitimate grandchildren. Wow. wow. So, <laughs> which is half of Johnson County. I was not <laughs> expecting that information. I did not know that. That's. Uh, yeah, it's fun to know. Yeah, Boss Tom um, was a boss. For those of you who, <laughs> those of you who are not Kansas City natives, Boss Tom actually uh, was quite instrumental in getting uh, Harry Truman to run for president. Um, uh, if you fly into uh, the Kansas City airport, actually there is a blurb on the wall about Boss Tom, and, and I think it calls him a power broker. <laughs> like so, oh, very. That's been a mild. Very nice way of saying uh, he ran shit. But <laughs> there you go. So last week uh, on the podcast, like I said, we mentioned uh, a few things. We talked a little bit about uh, some of the Trump rallies and how the last couple rallies that kind of were getting out of control. They had to shut the Chicago rally down. There was, uh, they. Four arrests, I think, here in Kansas City. Uh, we talked about kind of the government versus Apple case a little bit. Um, we, what did we talk about in pop culture? Oh, we talked about Hamilton the musical. I thought that was uh, uh, interesting. Uh, thank you, uh, Anonymous Female, for bringing that one up. Because uh, actually, that was, and, and actually is, I, I was blown away when I saw. If any, any of you out there listening, who haven't seen uh, or even heard of Hamilton, uh, the musical. It is about uh, President Hamilton. And, but Never was the, the, you're right. He was one of the only people on... He was on, one of the uh, founding fathers that was not... Secretary of Treasury? Yeah. He was, in fact, Secretary yeah. of the Treasury, the yeah. very first there one, was... and developed uh, the Federal National Bank, yeah. which got uh, America out of debt for the only time we've ever been out of debt. And develop modern banking. And then Jackson canceled his charter whenever there he were two, that is true. two kind of new <laughs> stories about that too. So the Hamilton star, the main guy is yeah, lobbying to keep wrote it. Hamilton on the ten dollar bill because you know they're talking about taking him no, off. No, taking him off, friend. And the creator of Should Hamilton replace Hamilton with Snooky. Freestyle rap <laughs> with Obama. I haven't got to hear I it yet. I can't box by you today, anyway. <laughs> but I'm excited for this. Yeah, I did know that they performed at the White House, but I didn't know that uh, that he actually got some some 
FaceTime and freestyle for the president. That's, that's awesome. Crazy. That's kind of crazy. We talked about several other things, and we won't get too too deep into um, to everything that we talked about. But I do want to get into uh, into today and what we're and, and what we're going to talk about today. One um, uh, briefly, I want to mention uh, that South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one, I didn't realize South by Southwest had gotten as big as it's gotten. I mean, I remember very vividly when it was purely just uh, an indie music festival, you know, and now, um, like I saw today that, um, you know, Drake has started uh, a label, OVO Sound, and they did a surprise uh, showcase uh, at South by Southwest, and and Drake closed out that set, and I remember, you know, a couple years ago when uh, Kanye West good music they did a they did a, a massive set at South by Southwest you know so it's it's interesting that there's still a, a ton and I do mean a ton of indie acts but the amount of industry acts that are performing at South by Southwest now and you know it, which it kind of got me thinking about how the you know how the music business really is different than it was even you know, really even five years ago, but 10 years ago, definitely. You know, 10 years ago, you you would rarely get a big name act playing South by Southwest because it just wasn't what big name acts did. It's where you went to get discovered. Yeah, exactly. It you would a, get discovered, but now you can actually have a deal and still kind of not be discovered really or you can be discovered and you feel as if I need to connect with that that grassroots fan in a way that you never thought you needed to before just because, you know, record sales are mm-hmm. are down. And actually, I've talked to Dave, you know, uh, off mic before about, you know, just new models of, uh, of doing business. And, uh, and I've, just, I've just really thought it was interesting. I, and then I saw today, too, that South by Southwest, uh, which I didn't know. I knew that it had uh, a tech component um, now, and uh, but I didn't realize it had a film festival too. You know, so yeah, they call it a music festival, which is where it started. Yes, yeah. is but just doing it a disservice. It is really where you release almost all your new tech products now. It's kind of yeah. Like I always say tech is probably at least fifty percent of what happens down there now. Yeah, music's maybe twenty, film is maybe twenty, and then wow. there's just a handful of other things. It feels like an incubator for next year's cutting edge of modern culture. Uh, kind of. I mean, yeah. just on a on a on a side note, I just thought it was interesting because I was looking through the list of um, the movies that were um, that were in the film festival. QD three, which is uh, Quincy Jones's son, is doing a movie on the production team that produced. All of the early Outcast stuff, uh, the art of organized noise, which, uh, like I said, which is Outcast's earliest production team, and technically they're still part of organized noise. It's amazing the uh, the kind of work they did and the legacy that they had in sure. in getting that group and um, and all of those kind of satellite groups around them. And uh, some of the groups didn't survive, at least not to the height of Outkast, but, you know, they, they also produced, like, CeeLo Green, and, you know, that, you know, that all came out of that same camp. Are they dressed out of Atlanta? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, they, they actually still, actually still have, uh, still have their, in fact, I, I actually heard something funny, uh, a couple months ago, it was, the studio was originally, uh, Bobby Brown's studio. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, want to hear this. <laughs> and he was, he was basically just like letting like industry friends use it or rent it, and but he never used it himself. Wow. And Outkast loved the studio, and they just kept saying, "Why don't you just sell us the studio? Just give it to us, because." You're never here, Bobby. <laughs> uh, but I think it might have been around, you know, the time right after 
don't know if, it, if, if people remember the album that had uh, like humping around on it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just remember he had his back to the camera on the album cover, and uh, and I just thought that was just weird. Like, why why are we looking at your back? That's that's strange, Bobby. But uh, <laughs> but I remember after that, I think is when they started pressuring him, like just sell us a studio, and so. Um, and so he did, and uh, and that has actually been the same studio they've used, and they recorded, you know, everything from like Sorry Miss Jackson probably on was all recorded in that in that room. So yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, on a very far aside from uh, from South by Southwest, but I, I just thought that was thought that was interesting. I see you see you scribbling, anonymous female. What have you found? <laughs> Our researcher. <laughs> I saw Sony bought Michael Jackson's catalog stake for seven hundred and fifty million dollars. At all? Well, they already had. They already had most of it. Well, it was. It actually wasn't Michael's stuff. Now, this is this is actually funny because me and Anonymous, you know, we've actually had this conversation before. So, Michael and Paul McCartney had a conversation years ago, and it was truly a conversation. It was a friendly conversation. Where Paul McCartney Semi-friend. says to Michael Jackson, you know, you need to get into publishing because that's where the money really is. Right. And Michael, and Michael innocently asks, so what's the best catalog to buy? And he says, probably mine, to tell you the truth. Probably mine. The Beatles and, and you know, and... Michael bought it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it was owned by a company called Northern Lights, which yeah. was the publishing company that uh, decided they wanted to sell the catalog because they were going under. And so uh, Paul and Yoko Ono at this point were supposed to put in a mutual bid. Nobody thought Michael Jackson would put in a bid against <laughs> it. And this is why Paul McCartney hates, hates Michael Jackson yeah, yeah. so much. Because they were friendly. They were friendly. Yeah, they had put out songs and all that crap. But it was a, that's not an innocent conversation. Uh, I'm gonna rob you blind. <laughs> no, man. You, if if you're stupid enough to say probably my work, <laughs> like you, you deserve to get it bought from under you. You say that as a joke. Uh, I mean, I, um, yes and no. It was less funny. Probably. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was a lot less funny. <laughs> it was a lot less funny. Yeah, I'm but sure that, that was, was actually Yoko Ono's fault because she fucked around putting in the bid for so long, mm. and that's why they underbid. Which is another reason that Paul and Yoko hated each other for so many years. They yeah. lost the catalog. Yeah, so... And now anybody can, can do a Beatles song, or they can sell it to commercials or do whatever they want, and Beatles have no say mm-hmm. at all in it, which really pissed off Paul McCartney. Because then you started seeing it, the first one was that they used Revolution for a Nike ad. Yeah. And that was, like, the first and yeah. last straw. <laughs> yeah, the then they did the number ones album. Like, that well, day yeah, was never... They weren't nice enough to commercials for that. But no, yeah, but still. But I remember Paul said that they were never going to do, never going to license it, and they were never going to do, like, best of. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> first two things they did best was best of yeah. and licensed it. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's how did the Rolling Stones uh, start me up get into Microsoft's hands when they launched Microsoft 95 in the Super Bowl? Rolling Stones will license their stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they yeah. have before. They, yeah. they don't have any problem they don't with care. their own songs, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the catalog, that's, very, that's yes. the beauty of owning your catalog. I mean, you can do... I mean, if you... if I don't know if anybody notices, um, but I, I know I have... Well, that phone was the same way. What was? Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Notices that you hear a lot more uh, like Jay Z music and, sure. and commercials and stuff now, and uh, it's because he he's bought back ninety nine percent of his catalog. Okay. And so, <laughs> so that's an interesting point too. Have yeah. you seen that he has been taking his albums off of Spotify mm-hmm. and the other streaming services? Like all the Blueprint albums are now off of Spotify now officially. Off of, just on title, right? Yep. Yeah, just yeah. on title. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there is still some albums that um, that are still on other streaming services, but the last the last few and. You know the Blueprint series was real big for him, so he God, got those, those pulled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so he got those pulled down. Amazing noms I've ever heard. Of Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. It was, you know, I, you know, I say this knowing that it's not a hundred percent 
true, but it's kind of true. You know, at the time, I think Jay's career was musically was declining. Like, I think his personality was just as huge as it ever was, and he was going to be able to make money regardless. But uh, Kanye taking over and executive producing that album really revitalized him musically to the to the audience because I think the audience was getting to the point where they were thinking, all right, we've heard all this from Jay before, and so they were, so and, yeah, but stuff. but the music was so much better on Blueprint Three that uh, it really it revitalized him in a in a in a way that I think he should give. Kanye a, a case of champagne every year for the next forever. Although I'm sure he's done way more than that. Very well, made him who he is. But I would say, uh, if you were a salesperson and you ever need to go get pumped up before a meeting and know that is something to listen to. There's so many songs on there that oh, yeah. just get you ready to roll. Yeah, the uh, oh, yeah that album is pretty amazing. I have to actually have to admit that album is pretty amazing. I say, are you pouring a second round there? Third. Third round. <laughs> and this is why you want him to manage your finances. <laughs> I'm off the clock. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, we, friendly, friendly banter at the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, what made you decide to join us this week, Ben? I just wanted to see what this was all about, what you were talking about. I'm just very interested in listening to you guys. To be honest, they're all insightful people and very entertaining, so I thought this would be a lot of fun, and I hope that I can contribute in some way or another. Well, you know, well, I, you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that's, oh, uh, the anonymous uh, female just passed me a note. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I do every podcast uh, is I give everybody a piece of paper and a pen um, so you can uh, either take notes or pass notes because uh, we're basically... Uh, big juveniles and we do pass notes in class but um, what she just passed me I thought was very sad um, on the 17th mm-hmm. uh, Sinatra Jr. passed yep. Yep. and crazy it was on the 100 year, what would have been Frank Sinatra's 100 year of uh, being alive they just wow. did the big celebration on what would have been a yeah, yeah, yeah you're right it's you're very right. interesting yeah about to say died in concert Yes. Yeah, Chris. Chris and I are both big rat packers. I don't yeah, know about everybody else on the on the, on the table, but I know we're both big rat packers. And well, don't have to listen from last week. Interesting note about Frank Sinatra Jr. is that he never called him his dad. Well, always called him Carl Frank. Frank. Mm-hmm. Never referred to him as his dad, and he always had a running joke. He said, "In uh, the next five minutes, I'll talk about my dad because that's as much time as he ever gave me." <laughs> <laughs> now, and the funny thing is. He will say, you know, he he loved his dad and had great admiration for his dad, but you know, his dad was the biggest personality in the world when uh, when he was growing up, and and him when when he started his career, you know, he didn't get as I, probably as much I guess help from his dad as I guess he would have thought, but you know, the name. You know Frank Sinatra Jr. It's going to get you some bookings <laughs> if, if you can say. Well, he did a couple things that were interesting. One, uh, when his dad was at the end of his career, he took over the band. So he was the band leader for all of Frank Sinatra's probably last five years of concert touring. And there were many times that Frank would, at this point he's old, and he would forget the lyrics. And Frank Sinatra Jr. always kept his back to the audience and would can imitate his dad's voice exceptionally well, so he would start singing the lyrics uh, mm-hmm. to get his dad back on track, which most people did not know, which was super interesting. And beyond that, he also, similar to his dad who got to start with Tommy Dorsey's band, oh. uh, he also played in Tommy Dorsey's band after, yeah. clearly Tommy's dead, but yeah. uh, he took over the Tommy took Dorsey the band, band. And, and ran that, so it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. To me, yeah. it's a hell of a it's a hell of a weird career. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, I mean, he's had a, he's Sinatra. had a great career. You, you, the funny thing is, if you think of him, if without his father, and, and you don't know anything about Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra Jr. has actually had a great career. But put it in context to his father, he's had a very odd career. We'll put it in context with his sister. 
Yeah. I mean, she had, you know, hits of her own, and she accomplished, you know, some things on her own, and he never had that, that break, that or break. you want to say, and I think he was a little bit bitter about it for a very long time, but then kind of came to terms with it, and he gave a very interesting interview to The Guardian, which is a paper in London, oh, yeah. about uh, the fact that he's never done anything on his own, never really accomplished anything on his own, but just had this great life, and it was pretty cool, and kind of came to terms with his dad towards the end of their life, and it all worked out. But his dad was a dick to him, like just a complete asshole to him. Mm. The whole time, like, would just berate him for any mistakes the band made and all this stuff. He was just tough tough dude. It'd be a hard life. They had a, was it HBO that they had that (coughs) special on? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was HBO. Where they, it was like a behind the scenes look at his life. He was such a perfectionist in everything. And I think before they really um, started diagnosing it, he was like bipolar or manic depressive or, you know, like he would just go off and have... Could be. You know. I mean, he and Eva Gardner certainly had an exceptionally volatile relationship and uh, people forget that he almost was never able to sing again in the 50s. He lost his voice. Mm-hmm. And it was a massive, <laughs> massive uh come back to be even be able to sing again and they needed the movies and everything else and mm-hmm. uh, there were people wanted to touch him for years for years yeah. what was his comeback movie from here to eternity, from eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. great movie yeah really good and then they started doing you know obviously Ocean's Eleven and he did The Man with the Golden Arm he did all those things and they were great mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it was for real for, for a while mm-hmm. I mean the guy invented himself twice so it's kind of cool. That's yeah. not easy to do. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny you're talking about inventing yourself twice. I really think that's that's what the greats can do. Mm-hmm. I think the, the greats yeah. can reinvent themselves and reinvent themselves. It's not who you are. It's whether people think you are. Yeah, yeah true, true. In that business, especially, well, especially at the time you needed the opportunities, people had to give you the opportunities. Imagine not being able to own a distributor. Like now, you can distribute anything you want, anywhere you want, with no charge. You probably don't even need a record. iTunes, Amazon. Sure. You can self publish yeah. anything you want, put it out there to the world, and be discovered. That was not the case back then. No. Mm-hmm. You know, and for the, the fact that he was able, however legally or illegally, he did it, which he was the inspiration for the Godfather 2 scene, <laughs> where you wind up with a horse's head in your bed. But, uh, yeah, no, that's interesting too. Love it's it. kind of fun. <laughs> Anybody uh, either been to or uh, going to go see any interesting slash cool movies? Uh, do you want to say the one that you're dying to see? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all know where you're going. No, with this. Absolutely, <laughs> this Friday, already bought the tickets. Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Going to see it. Going, going. And going, <laughs> absolutely gone. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking so forward to it. I mean, as a matter of fact, the crazy thing is, so the theater that we're going. You know, I don't know if uh, any of you listeners are in a state that has uh, an Alamo Draft House, but that's the theater that we're going to see it at. And uh, so, the Alamo's policies are are are. It's funny because it's it's a loose kind of fun vibe when you go in, but when you go to the movie, you don't you don't buy just a ticket; you buy your seat, and they have a super strict, you know, no talking, no cell phone policy, and uh, and actually they play these hilarious you know uh, videos or audio tapes of like and there's this one where there's a caller who got kicked out, (laughs) and so she's calling to leave a voicemail to curse out Alamo Draft House for kicking her out without giving her a refund because, you know, because she's from the United States of America, of America, and... Yeah, <laughs> she was either drunk or just not... Not, not very well literate educated. or something. Yeah, it was just... Her and it was the longest... Yeah. It was the longest rant yes. I ever heard. And, you know, I was texting on my phone. I didn't know it was a problem. Like, it was just like, are you serious right now? And so, they're pretty so, clear up front. Oh, they're very <laughs> clear up front about what will happen if you, get, if you get caught or you get told on. 
you're getting put out and you're not getting a refund. Well, then they took that recording and made it their marketing campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it's was their, awesome. That it's was their a, flagship marketing. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's fully hilarious. Absolutely. So, and I think they're reinventing it, and I think they're smart. They're reinventing a way to make people still go to the theaters for movies mm-hmm. in a world where you really don't even have to do it anymore. Yep. Uh, they have made it an experience, and it's nice. It is nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we like it because, one... You, you get to pick a seat and not just buy a ticket. And so we can say, okay, this is exactly how close or far we want to sit from the screen mm-hmm. or whatever. And then two, uh, you know, like on some of these... stand in a yeah, line, ridiculous line for an hour before the movie. Yeah, to, and yeah. there's wait staff that brings you drinks. Yeah, <laughs> to your seat. Yeah. To that's your seat. Personal um, manager. <laughs> as you can see, there's a theme running, listeners. With Lane, uh, and and I and I crack that joke as I am about to ask him to pass that bottle so that I can refill my drink myself. Oh well, looky Lou. To you, Rio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, you didn't get throw out our tagline yet. Yeah, you know what? I actually, I actually, I actually didn't throw out the tagline yet. But, but uh, since you uh, since you mentioned it and you asked, uh, the tagline for the show, uh, since I haven't mentioned it yet, um, and uh, and actually, this is a good point before we get into the next couple of segments. Uh, the tagline is "Good times, good people, good talk." Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Anonymous females driving. <laughs> yes. Anonymous females not drinking whiskey. <laughs> we have to remember. We have to remember to uh, bring gin. <laughs> I, I remember hearing this bartender once tell me that old fashions are for people who don't like the taste of whiskey. <laughs> I disagree. How about they all like old fashioned? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to use really good whiskey in an old fashioned, but if it's just, you know, four roses. Diesel. Or, 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 yeah. Old Overhold. Four roses. Old and Overhold both love that little. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good whiskey before roses or old over. Yeah, that's a backhand. <laughs> well, we won't be getting the sponsorship Sorry. money from some them. No, some it's... of us like four roses. If, uh, yes, uh, 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 <laughs> particularly your host. I, don't I like four roses. I don't don't dislike, listen to these guys. I don't dislike four roses. I'm just saying, like, if I'm going to make an old fashioned, that's about the the level of you know the price point I use. Anything higher than that, never make an old fashioned with it because you know it's just yeah. It's you a waste can, of you can, al- you can always, yeah, it's a it's waste true. of a whiskey, exactly. It's, it's like true. somebody yeah. the other night ordered a martini with Grey Goose. I thought, well, why? Well, that's, well yes. why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because you can't taste the Grey Goose, that's for sure. Can't get a Grey Goose extra dirty? Yeah, yeah man, that's sure. Me. That's me. Except I do it with bigger vodka, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine, it's, man. It's, it, that is ruining a good vodka. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still love a dirty martini, so, yeah, pretty what have you. I'm just olive juice at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but I like olive juice. Yeah. It's fine. Trying to retain my salt. Yeah, just, everybody should drink it. You need to water. need water retention exactly. since the alcohol yeah. dehydrates. Yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> it's a strategy. It's a drinking strategy. There you go. Wow. We also got tickets for... Uh, for the next oh, but, but Before you do that, oh. Batman, Superman, for yeah. those of you that want to go mm-hmm. and not have anybody at the theater with you, see the 3 o'clock show on Saturday over at the Screenland. There won't be anybody there but you and two good other people. So. Yeah. And Screenland's a great local company. Yep. There, yes. Right? yes. Mm-hmm. Actually so got a nice so little bar, a nice little kitchen. don't sell out uh, big corporate chains. We, oh, see, the owner local. is a robber. <laughs> Keep it local. <laughs> Mark yeah, I got no problems with big corporate change. None. Okay. Except, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, well. And I think they do a lot. I, I like the draft house. I don't know if I like um, AMC as much, but, I mean, it's not that we won't go to AMC theaters, but. It's a Chinese company, though. They got bought out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> AMC, when, it, when Alamo was AMC, we had, you know, not as great of an experience there mm-hmm. multiple times. I mean, with Alamo, they kind of, they do stick to their policies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they keep it fun. Yeah. I mean, I love the fun. Yeah, in a nice little, way. 
they'll rent out a park and set up a big old screen and show movies outside during the summer and do mm-hmm. all that. And it's mm-hmm. great. They're they're a cool company. They really yeah. work hard to be part of the community, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of weird, quirky film festivals and. Yeah, it's just it, it's the, sing alongs uh, and talk alongs. Yeah, the quote alongs, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. fun. Those are cool. Yeah, no, I got no problem. I'm like, yeah, no. Look, just because you want to go and sing along with Rydale High School, <laughs> does not mean that I do. I'm just saying. I, I did that when it came out the first time as a sing along <laughs> many moons ago. Are you Olivia Newton John? Are you Rizzo? Like, which one are you? I sing it all. <laughs> I could probably quote that movie forwards and back as many times as I've seen it. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I don't. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Greece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about Greece. It's still um, Greece too. I only caught up Greece and Rizzo. Yeah, Greece too is still my favorite. My problem. Yeah. With, <laughs> my problem with my problem with Greece is the same as probably with Greece too that I've never seen. Uh, there's no black people at right now. High. Uh, oh, I know <laughs> I pointed the one out to you. The token. Did you <laughs> are right. There was one. Yes, there was. At the end. Deep yes, in the like crowd. Well, no, it wasn't at yeah. the end. It was during the dance. Yeah, off. like deep in the crowd. When, when was... did they kill him in the film? The film. <laughs> There's no killing. Did he play quarterback? There's no. There's no. Uh, Power forward. Uh, or like running at back. The, at the time. Like yeah. Time <laughs> That, uh, that was the first time uh, I saw Lorenzo Lamas in a movie and realized it was him when he was young. Was that the guy from Renegade? Yes. Uh, he plays uh, a, Crest. I believe, the Falcon Crest. No, but <laughs> like, I knew him as he was older, and then I saw Make that sure. again, and I was like, that's Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's one of the football players. That is hilarious. <laughs> and and it's even more hilarious than Chris Chris said. Falcon Crest. Oh my god. I love Lorenzo Lamas. He's a badass. He's good looking dude for a while. It's mm-hmm. like a Mickey Rourke. I'm like, what happened to you? Uh, well, Mickey well, Rourke was good. bad plastic surgery. Cocaine, yeah. whiskey, and heroin. Cocaine, whiskey, and heroin. Yeah. His mom was Esther Williams. Really? Alright. I don't know. I know. Granted, that combination is known to pickle some people like Keith Richards. Yeah. Well, he's still. He's still doing his thing. and Esther Williams? No, I was referring no. to. <laughs> I was referring to the combination of uh, heroin, cocaine, and whiskey, and the effects on the human body. Some yeah. people take yeah. to it better than others. The, the, the Mickey Rourke. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Or Sylvester Stallone without steroids. Ooh, he's not such a <laughs> no, that would just be a waste. Oh, he's not on steroids. Oh, That's all man, natural. Man. <laughs> I'll tell you though, it works for him because Creed was an awesome movie. Uh, and whatever it is, we work. Need to see that. That's a great yeah, Creed was movie. Creed was great. We loved it. Creed great. Oh, back on movies. Uh, the next weekend is uh, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. And part one. Part one, mm-hmm. and we already got our tickets for that too. Nice. Does it bother you that it's nice. part one? Because now you know that it's not going to be finished. Um, leave a clip you know what? Normally it's really it been does. annoying me lately that, that, really they, the, that they're having to uh, split movies up. It seems like, like that. such a TV thing to do. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to leave a cliffhanger for you. I'm like, yeah. wait a second. It's been 13 months. Okay. Yeah, like, like a Netflix I, I, season. I want to see it <laughs> <laughs> get in the middle of the day. We're coming to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, on the, that's on the menu. Yeah, I definitely want to see the beginning. With a Netflix season, you can watch the first episode and the last episode and know what happened, everything in between. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Speaking of Netflix, we we started... um, Okay, so I was thinking we were going to watch a few and then watch a few. Uh-huh. Uh, we wind up binging uh, Daredevil <laughs> all season weekend, two. season two all weekend, and uh, I don't want to give any spoilers for anybody who wants to see it, but go watch this shit, man. <laughs> this is dope. You do have to watch season one first, though. Uh, you yeah. haven't seen well, it. Well, yeah, yeah, but season one is slow in comparison to season yeah, two. Yeah, season two. Season two. It moves. is. Season two is just... I mean, it was building the backstory up, I mean, so yes, but... You, I've never seen really... so many people killed in the first five minutes in any movie. And ever. I thought, and I thought The Last Man Standing killed more people in the first five minutes than I ever thought would be done. And I went, oh my God. 
what if you don't, Jango if you haven't Jane? seen the first yeah. series, oh, the yeah. first oh, I, I, I disagree. The, the Normandy landing and saving Private Ryan killed a lot more people. Well, I yeah, I know, but the <laughs> expectation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's a, here's Non-war movie. Here's the difference between <laughs> roughly four. That was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we're talking about isn't real. No. Has anybody seen John Wick? Oh, yeah. great movie! Yeah, the new one's gonna be coming out as well. Um, yeah, this year. Who's that? I cannot read his name. Yeah, yeah. Is it, yeah. it's a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. That is it. That is that's yeah. His, actually a perfect role for him, right? Yeah, because yeah. he, yeah. he doesn't have to talk yeah. that much. Please Whoa. keep your mouth shut. He did acting. Please be quiet. He did so he does, physical. He kills, he kills 15 people and goes, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Eastwood School of Acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really kind of is. The less you say, the better you are. Like, yeah, get yeah, off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all <laughs> facial expression. The funny thing is, I believe Clint Eastwood when he says get off my lawn, and I don't believe Keanu Reeves. Watch him make me get off your lawn. Then again, Clint Eastwood talks to empty chairs. That's true too. That was that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's not rehash that. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that. Well, Too much whiskey. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if we brought it up on a uh, on an earlier podcast where we uh, where we mentioned uh, Dave and his uh, gorgeous crushed velvet blazer that he wore to a party that Chris threw that Chris didn't come to. I did. <laughs> I just Chris came, came like three and hours Chris's late. Chris's family blamed Chris's absence on me. <laughs> that was because of That's me. That's true, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a very rough Because it got back to me third hand that I had abducted Chris and... <laughs> I met a very charming young. I was saying, I'm pretty uh, sure it wasn't uh, you. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris spent so some time together. Yes, we yeah. did. Okay. Good yeah. He was not being waterboarded. So we're out there to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am saying all that to say, today, Dave has graced us with his fine crushed velvet blazer. It does look good. It's lovely. And it is. It's nasty. It's just, in a this, good way. Yeah. This is this is good. This is good looking man clothes right here. This is good looking man clothes. Well, hey, we, if I was twenty eight and female, I'd do them. <laughs> hey, if, if you were twenty eight and female, I might do you. <laughs> I am not in that conversation whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. And I probably already did. <laughs> a female? Yes. That's uh, funny. So, I think we have come to the part of the podcast that I like to call the shuffle. Mm. So, in the shuffle, um, everybody who can pulls out their phone. Mm. We find a playlist. We hit shuffle. And the first song that comes up, we talk about it. Sometimes the person whose playlist it is knows more. Sometimes somebody else on the panel knows more. But it's actually always kind of fun and kind of cool conversation. And this week, I remembered to record on something other than my phone so that I can shuffle two ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm going to do a shuffle. And as a matter of fact, mm. uh, I'm going to go last. But as a matter of fact, I'm going to start looking for what I want to shuffle while Chris looks like he is already shuffled and ready. I'm always ready. All right. What you got? So this is a band that I really enjoy. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the this anonymous is, female uh, is chomping at the bit for the show. No, I. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, you're all. You've got the floor. <laughs> so everybody knows I'm a sucker for early '90s alternative music, which is uh, kind of a given. Yeah, it's all good. You <laughs> did. So this is a band called the '88, which is not early '90s. They're recent, but they kind of keep that vibe going. Okay. And I found this song recently, and I really liked it. Uh, it's a little slow, so it'll bring it down, but we won't play that much of it. But it's good. It's called No One Here from the 88. Hmm. All right. Let's hear it. Throw away the mail. 
time here another 88 but uh i've always kind of loved that singer songwriter vibe and it's got a really interesting voice yeah it's a great voice so and uh, it, if you're ever in yeah, one of those crack, down moves cracks and all yeah you know cracks and all I love it. in a I similar vein have you ever heard the antlers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so yeah, yeah very similar yeah mm-hmm. i like them a lot they're good yeah. and they have some great 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 albums out there so we don't always talk about hip-hop on this podcast although um that is my favorite genre but I encourage um, whatever playlist and whatever pops up first because I do like to talk about different genres and different stuff because, one, I just like to hear it myself because, uh, like, I had never heard of the 88. Now I'm probably going to go and um, check out and see what else they got going on for them. And they are on Spotify. They didn't yank their albums. Okay. There, so. <laughs> they are not on title, ladies and gentlemen. No, they ever be. I have a feeling. <laughs> Alright, so uh, no, yeah. Okay, uh, Lane no. I'm still booting it up Okay, alright So, I think Dave uh, Who has abstained From the shuffle for the past Couple of uh, sessions Has I did it last week Well, I tried yeah. yeah, I think he has a shuffle for us I do, and uh, real quick First time I saw this group was on Austin City Lights I caught them, and I thought, wow, greatest voice I've ever heard. Great lyrics, great songs. So it, this is no surprise to everybody, so I pulled it up because we couldn't play it before, so here we go. Oh, what did you do? What did you say? Or did you walk or did you run away? Where are you now? Where have you been? Did you go alone or did you bring a friend? I need to know. I, know. I just want to go to church when I hear them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Now it's Barkley, everybody. Barkley, so uh, you know, we're actually, it's funny that that ties back into what we were talking about QD3 and his movie for Organized Noise and some of the talent that came out of that camp. Uh, Niles Barkley's lead singer, of course, is CeeLo Green, who came out of the Organized Noise camp and uh, part of the Outcast crew. And, uh, and his voice is incredible. Mm-hmm. And like you say, he just. He just feels like a Baptist preacher every time he sings. I don't care what he sings. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to church. Yep, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's, he's makes you want to get up. Yeah, really yeah, does. yeah, yeah. Like I love Niles Barkley. That I remember being just stuck when that album came out. I remember I played Crazy and uh, <clears throat> another one of their songs. I think just on a loop for. Weeks. Yeah, well, crazy is easy to listen to all uh, day long. Yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, and I think I did literally listen to it for weeks just on a loop because I was just stuck and just struck by, you know, the, the, the structure of the song, the power of his voice, the, and, and the simplicity of the song. You know, you know I'm a songwriter myself, so I, I really study songwriters and uh, how effective they are using the simplest methods to to convey, you know, a thought or a feeling that you know we've all you know felt before. But uh, you know, like I said, just something about CeeLo's voice is just just amazing. Though. I think you're right. I think one of the hardest parts about writing music as a musician too is knowing when not to do something. When not to add more stuff in. Yeah. That's one reason I like that song from the 88 is literally just one voice, one piano, one track. That's all they did mm-hmm. the whole way through. And, like, there's something really pretty about that. It's very easy to overdo a song. Yeah. I the mean, Phil Spector wall of sound oh, method. Yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and which, for some songs, you, some songs, that's great. But I really think if you've got a great song and a great melody, then the, the only other thing you can add is a great beat. 
you know, but if you got a great song and a great melody, you know, great lyrics and great melody, you're good. You're done. Like, that is the song. It's one of the weird things I think divides uh, hip-hop from probably rock is I always felt hip-hop was more about the beat and the rhythm versus necessarily I think rock tries to rely on a melody more yeah. often than not. And, you know, yeah. it just depends on what mood you're in. Yeah, I think... I think Hip-hop as a genre is becoming more melodic. Becoming more melodic. But, uh, but yeah, but it really definitely started key. off as, as the it's beat. The key. Yeah. And I think Ben, I think you've got something ready for us. Is anybody familiar with Ratatat? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Okay. <laughs> yes, actually. This is Gettysburg, probably my favorite by them. Uh, this is the band of music that I'm most familiar with. Um, okay. I do a lot of instrumental stuff. Okay. Um, so this has, you know, guitar behind it as well, but as we talked about, having a good beat and just looking at moves. Yeah. There's something I'm interested in. Yeah, I think the first time I heard a rag pack, actually, mm-hmm. uh, the anonymous female found, mm-hmm. uh, found a, uh, a busy remix. Mm-hmm. That, uh, done by Rat Attack. That was they insane. Do, they do a lot of remixes. Yeah, they did this uh, remix of Biggie's Party and Bullshit that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, still, actually, I like better than the original version. And uh, so when we go to listen to Party and Bullshit, I uh, actually look for the Rat Attack version. I think. <laughs> That's got to be so disheartening as an artist when somebody makes your song better than you do. Uh, man, in fact, I heard today uh, there was a song off of the last, I think it was the last Rick Ross album. And I don't know who produced the original song. It's called, um, I think it was called Money Dance. I think it was called, and, um, and yeah, yeah, I know. The title sounds like Rick Ross, right? Mm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> really? But, uh, <laughs> Uh, there's a group that actually a production uh, team that he uses a lot that he didn't use on that song that remixed the song um, called uh, and they're oddly enough tying back into some of the movies we want to see uh, and the production team's called the Justice League and uh, and they are personally for hip hop probably my current favorite I think Probably Organized Noise probably is my overall favorite production team. Then uh, going back to the Bomb Squad and going back, but you know that's I can I can geek out for an hour by myself just on. <laughs> that Mark's on, not here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but the Justice League today is probably my favorite production team, and it's just their sound is just it's it's big and lush. And it just, it just sounds luxurious. It sounds like you're supposed to be, you know, on some freaking, you know, speedboat in Miami, and you know, it's just just beautiful. And uh, but but it's but it's got you know power and punch at the same time. And, mm-hmm. uh, they remix their they mean remix the record, and they put a they actually put an old school group on it, as well as Rick, a verse from Rick Ross and a completely another singer. That wasn't on the original version either, and uh, I kind of like it back too. But that's, that's another story. That's one of my favorite things about hip hop is that they will take great hooks, great lyrics. To, you know, like Jeezy had an R.E.M. lyric in his last song. Yeah, three yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. why? That like you would never think those would go together, but it actually worked out pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, and I think. Uh, is it booted up like? Yeah, it's good. All right. Since we were talking about hip hop, I figured I'd put a different slant on this. All right. I just want to say, it's true. Is that Danny Yankee? I know the song. Two different languages in this song. I'll let you pick out which two. Yeah, 
so, so, who, so who do you have for us today, Lane? Oops, sorry. It's uh, Don Omar. Don Omar. Ah. That's good. Yes. Featuring Lucenzo. Oh Actually, Don Omar uh, uh, was in, I want to say, two of the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know if you remember the um, if you if you've seen any of them. There was the always at uh, I think around five or six. I think around five or six, something like that. There was uh, there was uh, two uh, Spanish guys in the crew. Uh, and actually, both uh, are reggaeton artists. Um, I cannot remember the one guy's name to save my life. And he's actually the bigger reggaeton star. And the other guy with the short hair uh, is Don Omar. And, uh, and I just remember going, I, I remember thinking, not only are they, you know, which actually I really do like that franchise a lot. I mean, I know some people don't. But, uh, you know, I was not thinking not only are they going to, you know, do, you know, this franchise and spread it out. But uh, I just thought that was they were just interesting choices that I had never seen them act in anything before. And, but uh, well, they but don't they, do a lot of acting in. No, not, <laughs> not, not, not necessarily. They walk what, into a room, speak some Spanish or Portuguese or whatever. <laughs> in God rest him. Just, God rest him. Well, he's not going to be in. Let me see the franchise. How many have they got now? Ninety-two. They're on seven. They are seven. I thought it was Fast and Furious ninety-two coming up. I didn't know. Yeah, I lost track of all of them. Eight is coming out. <laughs> I think they, next I think they did. I think they did officially say that they're capping the franchise. At, <laughs> Finally, at, really? at ten, please kill it. Yes. Are they gonna? Are they gonna pour out one for Paul Walker on the yes, next one? Yeah. Well, the funny thing they is, when Ben Diesel gets to be one hundred and three, they'll quit. He's still, he's still a badass. So, well, you know, the, 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 the funny gonna thing is, yeah. so we're going to do have Walker races down here. I am, but I'm going to go. Freezing. Pretty soon they're going to be just driving golf carts around an Arizona golf course. Reel it in. Reel it in. Reel it in. I think the anonymous female has a shuffle. Which she actually does not always have a shuffle, but she has a shuffle this week, and the shuffle is going to be. It's off of my workout playlist. Ah. This would be a great workout song. Actually, funny thing about the, about Flow Rider, if, if you didn't know, if you didn't know in, in the listening audience, uh, Flow Rider and Flow Rider's no, mine. Oh. Flow Rider's <laughs> my house. That, like, is uh, no. is who, who that is. He's amazing. Um, and a funny thing about Flow Rider is uh, I remember when he first came into uh, into the rap world, and you know he was you know interviewing, and you know they were kind of. It, the rap world can be snobby about people who aren't doing, or I should say that are doing like big pop records versus doing stuff that caters to the rap audience. Right. And uh, I just, I always kind of uh, thought he was nuts and really admired the fact that um, his response was, um, I have, I don't care. Like, <laughs> You know, he's, he's like, you know, you can say whatever you want. He says, but, you know, the acts that do pop records make a lot of money, and I'm in this to make some money. And as well as I like to make some music, but um, I'm in this to make some money. He said, Hammer made some money. Whether you like his music or not, it doesn't really matter. Hammer made a lot of money, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And he, and he so has. Well. He didn't do so well with his money. Well, you know. Well, he made a lot. He, 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 he made a lot. He may have well. mismanaged a ton of it, but he did uh, yeah, okay. make a lot of it. <laughs> a wealth manager. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what he did not have. That's what he did not have. 
who did not have a wealth map. And a fiduciary agent. <laughs> <laughs> he like, needed one because he needed That's a legal term for somebody who has to have your best interest it's at heart. It's awesome people think about Michael Jackson. I'm like, are you serious? Really? <laughs> Where's this going to go? No, yeah, he needed somebody <laughs> to tell him that was a bad idea. What, yeah. the little boys or Neverland? Uh, we're talking about oh. <laughs> we're talking about Hammer. We're not oh, talking say, about Michael Jackson. Say, we, do oh, not, sorry. we do not talk ill of Michael Jackson. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, one, and I'm just a huge Michael Jackson fan, but uh, that's he is not, not here to defend himself. Yeah, there we go. And so now we actually get to we actually get to the we actually get to the host shuffle, which I never get to shuffle because I'm usually recording this on my phone. Mm. But I smartened up and I pulled out my iPad and I'm recording today on Apple's iPad. So now I'm going to take my phone and I'm going to do a shuffle and let's see what pops up. If you haven't heard it or haven't heard it in a long time, um, that was Outkast, uh, B B O B or Bombs yeah. Over Baghdad. Mm. Um, <laughs> that album is from the. Uh, da, 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 uh, I want to say that is from the 2003 uh, Stankonia album, mm-hmm. and uh, which actually is which is funny that we've had so many tie-ins back to that topic with, without trying to. Um, but uh, Stankonia is actually the name of the studio that they, <laughs> they that they named the studio that they bought from Bobby Brown, uh, which is why they named the album Stankonia because this is right uh, the album they created after they bought that studio. Um, huh. And Bombs Over Baghdad. Uh, interesting side note: uh, the record company absolutely did not want that to be the first single. Uh, hey, I and, support uh, that. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Outkast, and Outkast said, look, we know what we're doing. We want this to be the first single. And if they don't like Bombs Over Baghdad, I'm not 100% sure they're going to like the rest of the album. Which, of course, crap, because I mean that album had So Fresh and So Clean. That album had uh, Star Miss Jackson. It was just an amazing album. They had, you know, 100 singles on it. But, um, so, my shuffle for today is uh, Outcast Bottoms over Baghdad. So, uh, we've covered a lot of topics today, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some silent guests in the room. Say hello, silent guests in the room. <laughs> hello. Okay, we won't ask you to introduce yourselves. Uh, we'll, we'll leave them as anonymous male and anonymous female number two. Because nobody can take the place of our anonymous mm. female. So... Mm-hmm. So today, we have uh, we like, talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about uh, movies. We talked about, uh, and in particularly, uh, I, I was I was getting my drink refilled, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, 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 hey! They call that an overpour. I, I think they call that an overpour. Uh, some bartender would get fired for this pour. <laughs> Uh, luckily, only if you punch someone. <laughs> and, and Ben and Ben raised his hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we talked about quite a bit. We talked about South by Southwest and how it has expanded from uh, just an indie music uh, kind of convention to kind of uh, a, a what's up next convention for uh, movies, tech, music. And all kind of other things. Frank Sinatra Jr. passing. Uh, we talked a little bit more about Hamilton Musical. Uh, we talked about uh, Batman vs Superman, and uh, we mentioned Captain America: Civil War. That we are looking much forward to seeing. We actually did not get into uh, some a couple of topics that I was uh, threatening to get into. One is. Uh, 
the health, and I'm doing air quotes around health, of Chris O'Connor. That's a different show. Nor, yeah, I think that might be a different podcast altogether. Uh, Nor do we expand too deeply, although I am really interested uh, in the uh, crushed velvet blazer Mm. that that (laughs) Tiemann's wearing. Um, I'll get tired of it and give it to one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, we did not talk about it in any great length. But uh, we have definitely been enjoying these fine spirits mm. brought uh, by Lane. Thank today. you, sir. And uh, so I think we've had a great podcast. And uh, as I like to close the podcast always with the toast that uh, actually kind of started this whole uh, thing for me. And that toast is to good times with good people. Yeah. All right. So, you've been listening to the Law Party Podcast. Good times, good people. Good talk. <laughs>